Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the Marketing Minds at DoYouConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak. We are here. Welcome to episode number 30. Kevin, how has your week been? Been busy, I think. Yes, it has. You know, we're got a little event coming up next week, and this is the fourth time, I believe, that the online sales marketing summit will be held. And it definitely has gotten a little bit easier every year, but still, there's just that those last minute things that come up that you can't always control. So yeah, fun, not fun. Logistics, right? Yeah, I always tell people it's like planning a wedding. You know, once you're there, true, you can enjoy it. And it is enjoyable. It also goes so fast that you're kind of like, did I really spend that much money on the wedding? Because <laughs> um, I don't really remember it unless I go back and look at the pictures or the video. But yeah, that's just kind of rolling right into our story time. And this, by the way, will be a probably condensed episode because we've got uh, the summit coming up next week. This is, um, we're going to be talking about a little bit about the summit as well. And then our plan is next week, uh, all things going well, we will do a uh, air quotes, live episode, uh, just meaning that we're going to have kind of an open mic and let anyone who wants to at the summit kind of hop yeah. on and talk about their favorite parts, um, tell their fun. favorite joke. <laughs> yeah, it will be fun. Or something. Something. It'll be in the middle of our 80s night extravaganza, uh, but I digress. More on that later. So uh, my story for the week is that, yeah, events generally are not my thing. Uh, they're, they're not a whole lot of fun until they actually happen logistics, especially those outside of your own control, have always been my least favorite job of being a marketer. And I, you know, when I hired my first um, marketing admin manager to assist me, my very first assignment was you are in charge of all logistics of any events from this point forward, because I want nothing to do with them. Nice. You know, conceptually, what are they going to be about? Mm -hmm. What's the message for the team? All that stuff is great. But then reaching out to, to vendors and getting you know, pens ordered and those kind of just not. Yeah, that sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. That's, that would ever. not be fun. That would not be fun at all. The only part that's worse is being responsible for cleaning up after the party's over. Oh. <laughs> and again, some marketers are laughing because that's your life. Um, you know that everyone, like when you're in charge of planning the Christmas party and then it's over, you are the one there like helping pick up all the things and taking a million boxes back to your car of stuff that, that needs to go back to the office. Oh, that, that, that is worse. That does sound worse. That is worse. Yeah, that is that is no fun. No fun. Is there a, um, as far as events go, is there any specific thing that is, is going back to your, your builder years, the worst part of say like, let's tie in like the pre-sale process where there's a big event grand opening. Any part mm -hmm. of that that is like, this is the worst part that I don't enjoy in there um once the event is underway the worst part or the hardest part is like that first 15 minutes of the event because no one typically shows up early sometimes you get a couple people show up early to, to a pre-sale event but there's always this lull for the first 10 15 minutes and you're like oh man is no one going to show up is this totally a bust and then typically you just get slammed for the next hour mm -hmm. you know they all the first couple people trickle in and then it's just a non-stop madness for the next two and a half hours. But that's really leading up to it. I would say my least favorite part is working with the team on making sure that they understand how important it is to follow up on people who have already RSVP'd and those who haven't. So just, you know, 
kind of patting him on the back and be like, hey, did we call those people again? Did we send another email? Just because you can't really overdo that mm-hmm. yep. in an event, you, it, it it's your one shot. It's not like sending that one extra, hey, want to make sure you got this or are aware is not the worst thing that could happen. The worst thing that can happen is not sending any of that at all and thinking you have 100 people who RSVP'd and only 30 Ooh, show up. Yeah, that would be terrible. That would be terribly stressful. Oh my, no yes. fun. No fun. Well, I have some uh, fun stories from this week. If you remember back to, I think it was last week and a week before that, the neighbor across the street, they listed their home, no sign out front. They put uh-huh. it on Zillow is how I found it. I'm like, that, that's interesting. I would have expected the sign to be out first. It's, it was, was for sale by owner. Well, they sold their house. Congrats to them. Nice. I don't know how much nice. for it. They don't, they don't live there. They live. Well, you know, you know why it finally sold. Well, they put the sign out. It's the course, reason all right? homes. The sign is right. there. That's why it sold. Exactly. Yeah. The sign at the end of the day <laughs> is the reason that all real estate ends up being sold. That's right. That's why Compass has got the thousand dollar sign mm-hmm. uh, coming out. Got to have the sign. But yeah. So, so I don't know. It's it's yeah, gone. It's uh, I don't know how much yet. I don't know. You know of course, it hasn't closed. It's that was on a, I think it was Monday or Sunday. I saw them outside with getting the sign, put it in their truck. And I'm like, oh, good. Congrats. It's sold. They're like, yeah, we're getting out of here. Because they've been, they flipped it. You know, they had it before. Then they redid everything inside the home. So, yeah, we'll wow. see. An 80 year old flipper. Yeah, that's, it was. That's what I want to yeah, be when I'm like 80 years Wheelchair old. carrier on the back of the rat, Toyota RAV4 and everything. Like, I'm, I don't. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. And it's only 860 square feet and took them like six months to do. I have no idea what they were doing inside, but they did something. Um, they took they, their time. Yeah, they definitely took their time. They definitely took their time. Okay, so that house is gone. What else that is going on? That house is gone, and we've been kicking around the idea for, oh, geez, I think at least a year now. I, every month, I'm like, hey, Kevin, I think we're going to uh, sell our house. So we finally committed. House is being listed at the end of this month. Yeah. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. So we're we're taking a vacation for um, eight months. Uh, at least that's what I'm calling it. We found a place. We're right, we're right here by the beach. So we found a little place to move into um, temporary that's that's over right next to the water. So a little, little vacation will hopefully find something yeah. next year. That is every personality is different, but I've always told people, you know, if you can avoid trying to make things perfect, there's just so much extra stress that comes yeah. from buying a house mm-hmm. when you haven't sold yours yet and being contingent on either side of the deal. Yeah, I feel like I would make so, bad decisions with that stress and trying to get the timelines to match up. Like on both ends, like selling the house, I would not make the best choice. And then buying the home, I wouldn't make the best choice trying to get that perfect scenario of, and we aren't building because there's nothing to build really over this way. Where we want to live, there's not much to build um, at all, unless it's a million dollar plus beach house or something. Yeah, it's it's hard in really built up areas. You know, you essentially, I imagine, would be buying the same or even smaller square footage. It would just be nicer for significantly more money. And Mm -hmm. so you're like, especially a growing family. Yeah, that doesn't always make the most sense. We need some rooms. We need some rooms. We got the three kiddos. So, yeah, so that'd be fun. You know, after the summit, I'll worry about I'm worried about everything right now. But right now there's a painter at the house getting the outside done and roofer next week for part of the flat roof that needs to be fixed and whatnot. So yeah, exciting. That's exciting. This, be our fir- this was our first purchase and then we are our first selling process. So we'll see pre-sale without fail coming soon to my home. 
Oh, yeah. No, I, I already warned Andrew that I'm going to make fun of your realtor if they make any of the same mistakes that we've oh, already teased other people. They better not. <laughs> they better not be. They better not. That would be so bad. Uh, and, I but I will bring them up on the podcast if if they do. <laughs> Everyone will know. I love it. I love All it. Right. All right. Let's move on to the news. We got two today that are a little different. Uh, like this episode. The first one, just can't help but talk about it, even though it is controversial Mm -hmm. and it's potentially, there's a potential that you're going to misunderstand our point here and hate us, but I want to talk about it anyway. So this morning I opened up LinkedIn and I saw one of my connections who I didn't ask her permission, so I won't say her name, but they posted uh, this thought. said, as a brand manager and developer, most of my career, I'm just shaking my head at Nike right now. So yes, we're talking about the Colin Kaepernick Nike brouhaha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They ha- she says they had to know what they were getting into. So are they happy with the response right now? I'm so curious what the angle and their strategy was. And this is all over the media right now. It is. So I thought everyone's well, seen it. You know. So it's yeah. And even though it it's not set to run yet until is it tonight? Uh, like the I first believe official it's tonight. I- if you go on YouTube. Of course, today's Thursday. Yeah, you, you can, can watch it. it it's but... it's up there and it has millions and millions and millions of views and comments and thumbs up, thumbs down. And yeah, it's quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was this a good or a smart move or what what was Nike thinking about? Just from a pure branding, high level strategy perspective, good, bad or indifferent. Um, my take is that it's good for Nike and the brand that they are and want to be. What I mean by that is a lot of kids on the fields today aren't wearing Nike. I think it potentially can be perceived by as a older, you know, my dad wears Nike, kind of like my dad's on Facebook. I'm not, I don't want to be there. Um, and so while I think Nike does have a history of, of, of being on the side of the socially progressive type of company anyway, you know, they're, they're based out of mm-hmm. the West Coast, et cetera. Yep. So I think there's definitely some of that that's just, inherent to who the, who and what their company culture is. But I think at the end of the day, they, this is a math problem that they solved and said, you know, we are going to be in a little bit of heat for this, obviously. I mean, it's not like they didn't know there wasn't a divide yeah. about Colin and what he's mm-hmm. doing. But I think they did the math and said, you know what, there's a lot more potential for us to gain business from uh, high income earning families and, and folks who are uh, more urban than suburban who aren't wearing our product now. And any of the backlash is only likely to be aimed directly at the Nike swoosh brand. And I'm, I meant to do this ahead of time, but how many brands does Nike own? A lot. These days. Um, cause they're Nike. I know they have Nike skateboarding. They own Converse. Um, yep. What else is there? That's the, that's the three I know, but Nike, Nike, um, Hurley, Hurley. So another skateboarding surf brand oh yeah look at this so we got air, well michael jordan air jordans yeah, that's that's, that's um, huge yeah <laughs> chuck taylor yeah there's like a, a whole bunch but all the blowback at the end of the day is only going to go on that one icon just like yeah right mm-hmm. now if people say i don't like facebook but i love instagram, yeah, instagram. well yeah because you know <laughs> facebook they don't care about my privacy but instagram i trust those those cats <laughs> it doesn't make any sense that's just how we're, we're wired definitely so i i think it's I think they're loving all the attention. Uh, they want to be seen as an edgier, you know, their slogan is not um, make the best choice and think about it before you act. Right? Correct. <laughs> it's just do it. It is a, 
uh, it is a rebellious type of statement to begin with. Someone, someone is pushing the edge, pushing the envelope. It, yeah. I don't know. You have any other thoughts? So I like the ad. I watched it just a few minutes ago. I've been reading about it, but I, for some reason, I just, I'm like, oh, I should probably watch the ad. Um, I think the ad's great. I'm halfway through the um, Shoe Dog book, Phil Knight, the story of mm. Nike, and the whole, it's whole like, young guy starts a shoe company for runners runner run, he's like underdog like there's like this this story of just like yeah. everything goes wrong that could go wrong like where he's getting his shoes from mm-hmm. china he's flying over there and this is i think it was in the 60s and so it's a little different than like hey i'm going to china now flights all over the place and whatnot um so i think it's good it's hard not to think about the political side on this um i think it's it's great and it fits the brand again in, in my mind if nothing else it just brings them back to where they were when i was younger which was like you said that upstart kind of yeah. going against mm-hmm. the big dogs perspective that that made them the cool brand to own and i think anyway my, my cousins nephews nieces etc they all wear under armor and other brands that i've never even heard of mm-hmm. not just because of pricing but just because Nike is again, like I said, it's it's the brand that my dad prefers, and that's not cool. And if you if you look at the Google Trends, and this will be linked up, the Google Trends on I just put in there, save the URL, but it's I saved the URL for this so you can see Nike, Adidas, Reebok, New Balance, as far as like the larger consumer shoes. Mm-hmm. Not like if you if you're a runner, you know there's certain runner shoes that runners only wear. So this is a big four, I guess we call them. And Holy projected, cow, I'm looking at like, the graph here. Brand search for <laughs> Nike is like, boom, it's to the roof compared to the the other ones. Yes. So, you know, that's as far as that math problem, you know, they're looking to solve yeah. like that's, yeah, that will. Their prediction that will is that this week Nike will have what looks like about 15 times uh, yeah. uh, the search volume of Adidas, Reebok, and New Balance. Now, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, phase this with any new shoe launches or how they're this would be like perfect remarketing all these new people that go to your site and now you have five times the amount of people on your remarketing list that you can uh, yep. remarket to so hopefully they are budgeting and doing some smart cool things with that i would assume so but you never know you never know you can never tell with marketers that's, that's right. the problem yeah. Crazy people, bunch of, bunch of crazy people. So this other one is similarly caught me off guard when I saw it the first time uh, on Wired.com. The headline is Google wants to kill the URL. Ooh, and so violent. I was like, yeah, what does that even mean? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, digging into it, what it means uh, pretty much from this quote here uh, from Adrian Porter felt which is Chrome's engineer man- manager says that people have a really hard time understanding URLs, which, yeah, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. what's it even mean? No, I, yeah, that's a, what does it question. mean? Why is it all that extra garbage? That's not real words in it. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, it, it is complex. It is not a simple, but, but what it's doing is also similarly complex. Uh, anyway, they go on to say they're hard to read. It's hard to know which part of them is supposed to be trusted. Mm-hmm. And in general, I don't think URLs are working as a good way to convey site identity. So we want to move toward a place where web identity is understandable by everyone. They know who they are talking to when they're using a website, and they can reason about whether they can trust them. That's that's really interesting to me is just yeah. that their their main motivation for doing this is for transparency and trust, which harkens back to all those, you know, shady seo and marketing types who are just not doing what andrew garberson from lunametrics was talked about when he was on which is be true to who you are don't just try to manipulate 
the algorithm. Definitely. Yep. I, I think it's really, and, and also kind of a side thought here is how would this affect landing pages, which oftentimes are not on the same domain or on a subdomain? That's true. It's almost like, um, I'm reading into this too much, but like there will be another identifier of, of where you are ownership uh-huh. um, versus the domain and URL. Um, yeah, because I think it's almost like it won't matter. It's it like, matter. do you convert owns all five of these domains, but they're owned by do you convert? So yeah, no matter where you are, you're interacting. Kind of like them. the if you, have you seen any political ads? Um, they, uh, no. on Facebook. <laughs> for, I, I, I don't lucky. know what I've done. I still think I'm in this black hole. I have yet to see a single political ad on Facebook, Instagram or or Twitter. Oh, well, aren't you aren't you lucky? You're fortunate. <laughs> you're fortunate. So it, they have like if you. There's the info and ad section on the page, like a Facebook page, and it uh -huh. says about all the stuff. It like auto expands who owns the page and who it's paid for on the Facebook yep. ad itself. Right. So yeah. it's like extra two or three lines. It's it's pretty obnoxious. Um, versus just like Andrew Peak for governor, Florida or whatever. You know, it'd be paid for by yep. whoever <laughs> would pay for that terrible. Well, ad. and I don't um, conspiracy theorists will love uh We'll be talking about this for a minute, but I really think what's coming for social in general is a single identifier. I mean, I think, and that that will potentially solve the problem of bots and people having multiple accounts and appearing like of of single voices louder than another, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And it, and you know, if if you knew, which it already is, people just don't realize how transparent it could become at any moment. True. You know, hey. All six of those accounts are Andrew and Kevin, and that one that said those really mean things—that's him too. You know, if if <laughs> yeah. they knew that all of their activity online was transparent to, it's connected to you, a person. So this kind of goes towards everyone having a unique, identifiable number around the globe. Oof. But but yeah. forcing the linking of any social account to a true individual identity is I think where a lot of this is rushing. And that's also going to create even more privacy concerns. Yeah. But I think right now people seem to be willing to be okay trading that privacy for just not having to look and see people screaming hateful things at each other online. It's very true. And, and timely today, Twitter and um, Facebook's uh, COO, CEO, they're testifying yeah. again. Google didn't show up. If you read that, depending on what source you read, depends on what angle Google not yeah, no, having I, someone there, which is even more like, come on. Dorsey tweeted out yesterday uh, an image of his Apple Watch heart monitor <laughs> and said, you know, can you tell when I'm testifying or something like that? And it was hilarious. You know, like <laughs> you can just see his heartbeat increase. Nice. Nice. That's but good. looping out the story, um, Porter felt goes on to say that, you know, there's a group internally at Google working on how to kill the URL for something better. And they're not ready to talk about it publicly yet, but that they're working on more ideas. And the reason this is newsworthy again is this is Google who's working on this. And so, yeah, correct. I mean, that, Google. That will have an impact. <laughs> Which I was, I went on my phone because I'm like, I don't know if I, because on desktop, you see the URL, the, the mm -hmm. whole thing. You have, you know, 20 inches, however big your screen is wide. Yep. But on your phone, you only have like your thumb, like an inch and a half, two inches. So if you're mm -hmm. on any site, you really only will see, we're kind of already used to not seeing the whole URL on, on mobile. True. Um, yep. Completely. Even the, I think on mobile Facebook ads, it doesn't give the preview of where you're going to versus desktop will sometimes show where you're going to. Um, and that's part of their concern too, is the security on 
if you click a link, you need to know where you're going to. So you don't click on something you don't actually want to. Yeah. So it'd be and again, interesting, like how all this, would that change how sites link to each other? Which would be we really keep trying weird. to get away from politics too, but I think it does have, it, it all goes back to, is this website owned by Russians or not? Yes. <laughs> you know? Cold like war we, stuff right now. Everyone yeah. needs to know. Uh, yeah. So, all right, that's, that'll do it for the news. We're going to take a quick break and then uh, consider this your official show prep for those of you traveling out to Dallas to see us next week. Uh, for those of you who are not coming and are tempted to just hit the pause button now, trust us, you'll still have plenty of good, good insights of, of what we're going to talk about, why we chose those topics. We'll be right back. with a kind of a sneak preview of what's going on next week at the summit. But we're going to talk a little bit about all of the topics from the marketing side, not the online sales side. Um, the whole but, list. But yeah, everything that we kind of threw at the wall to say, we think this is something that builders need to talk more about, need to understand, need to consider new options or better ways of doing things. Maybe we've seen best practices around them that we'd, we'd like to be able to share. So. To kick off here, what we're going to do is just list out everything that that hit the wall in that first kind of brainstorming session, because we knew already, I think I'm three for three now of like halfway through, well, three quarters of the way through day one, just in the marketing track, kind of pausing the whole group and, and in a good way because of the questions and interactivity saying, there is no way we're covering with our rest of the topics that are planned. So let's all agree on what is the most requested of what's remaining. Yep. And so this time we thought we would slim it down and really give ourselves time to go deeper on the topics that we chose. So mm -hmm. we had 26 starting 26 oh, items that we were like, Hey, these would be good. things." <laughs> <laughs> all right. So here we go. Topics we considered for this year's online sales and marketing summit. Number one. Social media, Facebook, Instagram. And yeah, how could that's... that one probably not make it? We'll see if it does. But that was obviously top of mind. A lot of people, when you look at their analytics account right now, um, they are getting as much or more traffic um, from those channels than anywhere else, including direct and organic. Not that mm -hmm. that's a good thing. It's just the reality for a lot of, yep. a lot of companies. And we still see people doing it not well. Yeah, which is surprising. Maybe because I'm in it every single day for hours. Well, yeah, it, hours for, and hours. I'm biased. Right. Yeah. But it's yeah, a lot of a lot has changed this year, but a lot hasn't also changed this year. Yeah. And I think it comes down to on a lot of these things, the same basic idea, which I'm in love with, but I'm seeing a lot of people online talking about this, which is good, is that stop trying to look for that easy way, the instant answer. You know, almost everything we're going to talk about, you could check it off your list and say, I, I'm doing that, but are you doing it well and the right way? Because that's probably going to mean it's either going to, it's going to take more of your resources from somewhere, time, money, energy, so, something's yep. got to give if you want to do all these things right. So social media, Facebook and Instagram. Next was landing pages. Oh, those are hot. Those are Seen hot. all over now. They are. Yep. 
especially for coming soon communities. And that was our very first podcast episode was landing pages. And that's right. Just because they work doesn't mean you should do you them should. all the time. I was going to say the same thing. Yes, you cannot replace your website with However, a bunch of landing pages. What is ironic is we do have a builder partner who's working on a new website right now. And their current website is so bad that they did basically replace their entire website with landing pages. And they're selling like crazy. Insane. I yeah. want to see all the numbers. And full Love disclosure, it. they're in California. So... Okay. If you've got things in the right way, you're probably selling crazy regardless. That's true. Ooh, I like this one. AdWords or yeah. Google ads, as we call it now. And in particular, we're in this list, we're talking about advanced AdWords tactics because we've talked about AdWords every, every last year. But all the things that we haven't talked about yet that it can do, could do. Mm-hmm. Website fails, uh, you know, just the things that we have seen. No single company or provider uh, being focused on, but just like terrible, terrible websites, uh, user uh, experiences, especially ones that show up during user testing where people are screaming like, "Oh, those are fun!" I can't do what you're asking me to do, or your website is so slow. I went and got um, lunch and came back, and it's still not working. <laughs> that was oh, one no. of my favorites. Or, or this is not a fun. It's not a funny one, but I think it's super interesting. I want to build a home, but I don't know. There's no build button. There's no like, yep. where do I start? Like, I don't know what to do. Yep. I see. Yeah, that's. So just user testing, heat mapping, you know, using tools like Mouseflow and Hotjar and Lucky Orange. We talked about that on a previous episode, um, mm-hmm. but that was on the list. Google Analytics, proper setup, you know, setting up goals, setting up event tracking, how to get in there and do research on the data, making sure that the right data is labeled the right way and it's going to the right places. But that's obviously a good one. And then. SEO was just... Um, I love SEO. I'm so happy it's becoming popular again, just as something that mm-hmm. people want to talk about. Uh, content creation was on the list because that's a, a big one. I mean, Andrew, I think, should just get a tattoo that says, where Show. are all the pictures or something like pictures. that. Show me the pictures. Yeah, content. Visualization, that's a hard word sometimes. <laughs> Renderings <laughs> and apps. Yeah, because yep. we all have them. And we, we need to do more them. of them. We, uh, we do. They're not we as do. expensive as they used to be. Lots of good things to talk about there. Mm-hmm. Um, customer reviews and feedback. And I heard something great um, today. Uh, be responsive, not reactive. That We could um, kind of sum it all up, I think, in that. Uh, don't just a... say, our homes don't suck. It's just your home sucks. You can't say that. <laughs> That's hilarious. That but, could be a shirt. Be responsive, uh, reactive. It kind of has a play yeah. on some website terminology. Ooh. I do like that. A fun one we thought would be having uh, the folks at Zillow just talk a little bit about consumer behavior. What what does the behavior look like on their site? In years past, they've talked about um, making sure that your syndication is optimized and the content looks good. Um, kind of a general one, just getting organized as a marketer. You know, what are the best kind of uh, uh, hacks? Is the is the popular that term, is but tools and systems and ways of doing things? You know, like the the top five things that all marketers do each morning to make sure they succeed. That'd be yeah, great. Cl- <laughs> clickbaity headlines. Yeah. But that'd be yeah. a fun one. Branding. Ooh, that's a big word. Nike branding. Yeah. This goes back to, I think a lot of people get a class about branding when they go to college and then realize that at the time it feels like it's, it's meaningless and worthless and just kind of common sense stuff. So I really, really wanted to do a little bit about just what is that word really? 
what does it look like in the wild as a marketer day to day? So that was on the list. Uh, call tracking, going a little bit back to great. You've got analytics set up and you've got all these ways to track everything online, but a huge trend we're seeing is just way more leads coming through the phone than from a form mm-hmm. completion. So you better have call tracking in place and some some fun uh, new things that we've seen to make that easier and better. And the tried and true email marketing. Uh-huh. I, I feel like maybe we should send emails every day. Might be a really good decision to send to our list. What do you think? Yep. Maybe that's something <laughs> we should do. <laughs> maybe not. Oh, goodness. Um, pre-sale without fail. It's been around, but there's just still uh, people have so many questions, uh, so many misunderstandings of, of what that is and how it works. Uh, yep. We want to do a live market-proof mark, market proof marketing recording, which I already hinted at. That one kind of made mm-hmm. the final list, but that was out there. CRM usage for marketing. Ooh, that's good because that's the, that's the Bible of what actually happens with the leads or should be. Uh, nurturing versus new is another one that we uh, talked a lot about including just because there's so much focus on getting more and more and more users and visitors and leads. That is not what we need anymore. We've got some numbers we're going to share that are astounding in terms of the total number of unique users um, to websites today for home builders. And we just don't need any more new people. We got a, we got a double, triple, quadruple down on the people who already have been exposed and know us. Market research. That's a fun one, especially if you have a slow community. Yeah. Or just you're in a meeting and there's an argument about, no, I think this and I think that like, where I was going was as much just when you, sometimes you actually do need to do a survey or a focus group. What does that look like? How do you do it? What's good pricing? What's bad pricing? What's good expectations for outcome and and what's unrealistic? Events to do or not to do? That's the question. Events, best practices. That's a fun one, especially tours. People like doing tours, their own tours. Someone this week on our coaching call said that between now and the end of the year, they had something like 22 different company events on the schedule. Oh, okay. Now, there's a potential that I totally misunderstood that, and it was company and kid events, but I'm pretty sure it was just company events. Are they and multiple divisions by chance? Nope. Or is, they're okay. not. No, oh, no. That's, are there 22 weeks left in the year? <laughs> well, that's, no, what, that's part of why they nothing. appeared so busy. And then... On a different coaching call, someone mentioned, honestly, they were kind of like, you know, when sales are down, what do we do? More events. Because at least then that's human beings around our salespeople, which makes them happier than being lonely in the model. (laughs) Um, So if you're going to do them, why do you do them? How to do them well? That that was the idea. Reporting and dashboards. Ooh. Beacons. What the heck does that even mean? Some people are thinking. Now we're talking about Star Trek. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's beam me Beacon. up. Ah, oh, beam me up. Advanced tracking. So it'd be like physical locations, like someone came in the model. This one is also near and dear to my heart because I was talking to someone else um, this past week who's like, man, all this data that I, I can see, you know, users that come to my website and when the information gets submitted and all the other sources that come from them and, and their IP addresses. And I was like, whoa, just be careful. <laughs> because, and I've, I think this was when we first started using landing pages, if I'm correct, Andrew we started seeing a lot of that extra data come through and we actually had to go in and redact it because it's against Google's terms of service to have one-to-one identifiable information archived. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Google. So, yeah. We had to do that. And, and since then, fortunately, um, it was really a GDPR, the landing mm-hmm. page software. They, everyone updated all that. Yeah. But before it was, it was 
crazy. Before it was like a manual thing that we had to put in analytics yeah. to specifically not track it because if you do, it can be so just kind of privacy, privacy concerns, why you should be thinking about it. And the least sexy one, but all the way back around to our story time, the thing that sells homes, if you believe the registration cards at model homes everywhere, signage. Uh, signage. Directional signs, signage. Do we still need to do it? How do we need to do it? All those things. That's a long list. And it certainly could, a long all, list. could not all make the cut. So let's just chat briefly about the things that did make the cut. So fun. And, and fun kind of stuff. a little little sneak preview of what we're most excited about about that that individual session or topic. So first up, we've got uh, win by telling stories with data and in quotes studio. Uh, so one of my favorite uh, slogans uh, for the past couple of years was tell stories with data to get your point across and to get buy-in and change. Uh, so we're just adding studio on the end because uh, data studio is a free tool that is incredibly powerful and allows you to pull in data from all these different sources to create these dashboards and reports that I was talking about. A uh, little bit of a learning curve, but once you understand it, incredibly simple and powerful. It is amazing. And it auto updates. You can yeah. share it, print it like it. And from any source too, I think that's an important part. Facebook, call rail, analytics, ads, Google ads, yep. and then everything else. Um, and coming soon, and in some cases live right now, CRM data. It's all right there. It's yeah. all right there. You can see the whole funnel uh, in a breakdown. And, and I think just as an example, the, uh, one of the things that I love the idea of being able to see is just a, a graph simple graph of leads from a specific source. So let's just pick um, realtor.com. Let's say that you are running ads on realtor.com and you're getting leads and then all of a sudden you're not. In today's world and a lot of CRM systems, you'd have to go in and kind of manually uncover that. Like, oh man, we lost a lot of leads. We didn't have as many as last month or the same month last year. And then you would discover, oh, I'm getting nothing from realtor.com. Oh, my feed's broken or they're not displaying something correctly. If you just had a simple graph showing the amount of leads by source, you would visually see that when you go onto your dashboard and just say, I need to go look at that right now. Back to yep. your kind of dashboard in your car analogy. My tank is on empty. I need I to empty. check it out. Definitely. Yeah, I, we all need that because you can't. Yeah, you can't remember to check everything, I guess is the... And the man and the time that you should have checked it, I guess. Yep. Learning lessons. So super valuable. And then the next one, stop lying to yourself and your boss. No one does that. <laughs> no uh, one does that. Yeah, this is all based on Andrew and his uh, fantastic blog article uh, with the similar title. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our, our biases that we have. And we did the podcast episode on it. Mm -hmm. That was around the same time. Yeah, all, all the biases that we have that we know about, that we don't know about. So bringing all those to, to awareness, especially with our data and trying to find decisions and answer those questions. And are we actually forcing an answer that's not the right, the right answer? Yep. Be a fun one. That one yep. would be fun. And I think this is going to be the crowd favorite we talked about is uh, we are going to have a um, two-part episode with Andrew Garberson from Lunametrics will be joining us. The first will be a half hour kind of intro um, piece. And then we're going to have a quick break because everyone's minds will start melting after the first half hour of SEO. They will. Get a chance to recharge and then we'll come back for a full hour of 
of, Ooh, I promise, fun, it. interactive. There'll be live case studies from builders in the room and not in the room. This is going to be, I'm just telling you right now, he's a fantastic speaker, easy to listen to, and most importantly, translates things into real English um, and, and understands home builders has worked with them for a long time. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the SEO. If you were there last year at the summit, Andrew, if you don't remember, Andrew, he had the video where he was on his bike. Was it, I forgot, he's in Pittsburgh, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And he recorded the video for us and it was like six or seven minutes. And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, he's going to crash. He's going to crash. Yeah. But no, he doesn't. And he's just talking. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I expect him to be riding around on his bike while talking to us in the room. I don't think he's on. <laughs> maybe a before. unicycle. We Ooh, don't know. Unicycle and juggling at the same time. Yes. But yeah, SEO, especially real, like, yeah, the, you know, SEO straight talk, like honest truth on SEO. Yeah. Super hard to find. Um, yep. At least I, I think so. Yeah. Then uh, right after that, we'll s switch over to 60 days to a better website. So this is uh, that user testing and heat mapping tools and how to really get better data in quantity and quality about what users are doing on your website and then creating design sprints, essentially, of not big changes, but even small changes to your existing website that can have a big impact on calls to action, on placement, on things that are clickable and not. That one will be uh, a shorter uh, session, but I think it'll be uh, very easy, good takeaways for everybody in the room. It's like a workout challenge for your website. And then get ready. Are you smarter than a home shopper? Will be a game show slash quiz put on by the folks at Zillow and myself. I'm I unfortunately um, will not be the game show host, although that, oh man, it's always fun to be the host. We're gonna have some fun with, and Zillow has done an online quiz before of kind of, uh, hey marketers, do you know what your consumers really want? There'll be some of that in here, but it's just going to be a fun, fun time. A great way to end the day because, again, sometimes by the end of day one, people are starting to freak out about all the things that they now know that they didn't know before and how am I going to implement them. So that'll be yeah. day one. We'll have the 80s night, um, which will oh, be man. fantastic. Um, you've it's already got crazy. emails about that. You know what's going on there. So we'll skip over to the beginning of day two. where Super nerdy day. Super nerds. Yeah, well, it's going to be fun because we're going to start off by um, doing kind of a lot like ask us anything or uh, our own riff on AMA from Reddit. That's ask right. ask me mm -hmm. anything. Ask us anything. So we'll have a quick open session at the beginning where you can ask us any questions you want. We aren't going to necessarily answer them right there because we'll come back before the end of the day, kind of live in, in real time. We will create a new slide deck with answers to your questions. So whether we're prepared for it or not, we will be by the time we circle back. So that'll be fun, uh, nice. fun little challenge. Oh, and then it's my turn. Advanced Google ad techniques you are not using. So last year it was the uh, AdWords domination, which is the, the basic foundational setup that everyone should be running as far as going after search, mainly the people searching for our homes. And this is everything new that we've talked about on the podcast. Some examples of before and after with this technique, that technique, and just getting into the things that Google ads do that I'd say 90% of people don't do or haven't tested yet. Yep. Sometimes Google is, I don't know why, compared to Facebook, it's like, uh, it's working, like we're spinning, like cool, let's just leave it alone and not and not mess with it. But yep. some of the new things they've done are really cool and the, the results are like a lot better than I expected. That'll be good. It'll be a, a kind of a 201 level class with, we'll give you the resources, don't worry if you're thinking I'm not even ready for you know the one one level class. We'll still have access to those previous sessions 
available for you in our online learning management system. So next up will be bringing the future into reality with John Lee talking a little bit about renderings, apps, the coming changes, a little bit of the future, what's what's next, um, updated for 2018, but also a more in-depth look at here's the stuff that you can get right now um, and and new crowd favorite from last year. So excited to have him back. Yeah, John's fine. Um, and then... Right after him will be Paul Cardis, the founder at Avid Ratings, who just announced, by the way, they're going to hire like 100 uh, new employees in the next couple of years. I mean, they're growing oh, wow. like crazy over there. We're going to ask him to talk about, of course, customer reviews, best practices, um, what to do, what not to do, and, and especially around the danger zone of getting fined or worse when you don't do this right. Uh, Paul has some very strong ideas and opinions, which I trust that a lot of what is being recommended right now for customer reviews is in fact, not does not follow the law of the land, the laws that have been updated over the past year or so. So that'll be a big one. That That's good. And then double your Facebook and Instagram results, part one. That's right. One. Nice. You will You will be able to double your results by following the methods that we give you in that first half hour. Then we'll break for lunch, come back, part two of doubling your results. Uh, so at this point now, if you double and then you double again, that is what, uh, quadrupling? <laughs> Quadruple. Original? Double, yeah. double, yeah, I don't exponential know. results. I don't know. Yeah, then hockey stick results. Wizard. That's right, And then stick. Andrew comes back up to talk about landing pages. Yep, a little shorter one. Yeah, a little shorter one. When to use them, why to use them examples and it's only a half hour session but it's an it'll be quick it's it's one of those sessions that i already know that people are going to have their phones out trying to take pictures like mad of just showing right. example after example of different types of landing page setups and ones that we have seen work really well and then we come back to kind of wrap up the marketing track by answering everything so we'll answer every question asked to us from the beginning of day two at the end of day two. And then we'll have a wrap party with everyone getting back together. But that is it. That is that is what made the cut, the final agenda of the topics that we'll be covering next week at the summit. I know we'll see a lot of you there. So that is your official show prep for next week's event. Let's scoot on over to answers from last week's question of the week, which to be fair, um, you know, Meredith killed it and we are already... Between all the different sources, I think we're over 160 um, downloads in like the last 30 some hours. So it's off to a, to, to a quick start um, as well. And she's she's not promoting it to her audience for a little while. So all that to say, it's a short turnaround time from her episode to this one. But mm -hmm. it's it's awesome. You should go listen to it. But that also means that the answers to the question of the week also had a short turnaround time. So we made it a poll just to try to make it a little bit easier for everyone to just hit a button and give an answer. Which of the following tech do you use in your model homes? The uh, answers we had were touchscreen TVs, tablets linked to TVs, a self-check-in kiosk, QR codes. Those are my favorite. <laughs> beacons. And then if you have something else, comments. And paper does not count as tech. We had some smart people in the Facebook group that decided to uh, to have that. Mike <laughs> Davidson from Wonderland, I'm talking about you. <laughs> That's that awesome. That is hilarious. Yeah. Unless it's like the Harry Potter newspaper, right? Then those change, they moved and everything. If I remember mm -hmm. the movies correctly. There we go. Unless you have that going on, that, that'd be fine. What surprised me most is that um, very few self-check-in tools um, available. Know. You know, yeah. Just from a 
easy entry into the CRM, whether your salesperson is doing it or the customer is doing it, but get rid of those paper registration cards and get some type of electronic way to either have the salesperson enter their information as they're going through the discovery process or have the customer input it directly. That's just, that needs to be a thing today for, yeah. for most a, people. Um, there. I'm thinking a landing page on an iPad and like the call to action could just be like, would you like a, just some, some excuse to get them to register? Um, would you like X, Y, Z about this home, the floor plan of this or, or something even better if they create something, but that's, yeah, the, that's I, level I, two after I, you have something. I there. say it so many times, just the paint colors that are in the model. If you want that broken down by room or where we bought the furniture by room. That would be awesome. Curiosity. I would love that. They'd be like, yeah. I have no idea. This home is beautiful. I need to know that answer. Yep. And then we, because we just know so many of those paper registrations never end up in the CRM, even when you have a policy, like just let your assistant put it in or send it back to the corporate office and we'll put it in for you. Just all that can go away with, yep. with that. So that's the easiest of all the tech, I think, to that or beacons, which no one uh, no said one. they are using currently. Touchscreen TVs was a big winner. Everyone, not everyone, but that was the clear, clear one to yep. go. Touchscreen, which is interesting. I got hmm. a, I got a good question of the week this week, Andrew. We Ooh. already have almost all of our guest spots for the podcast filled up for quite a while into the future, and there's a big long list of other people that we just were working on the logistics again. My least favorite thing of calendar matchups and and all the rest. So there is no shortage of people. Um, that we've got lined up or are in process to come on. But I am really curious to know um, either specific individuals that you would like to have be on the podcast or topics, not not topics, but people maybe from other industries or outsider industry. Um, as an example, we're, we're working on getting someone high up at the Wendy's Corporation in digital marketing Ooh. to come on to the podcast. So that's mm -hmm. a completely different industry, different challenges, but a lot of, I think, hopefully similar similar ideas. So if there's people from other industries or other industries that you'd like to have, I don't think I did a good job explaining this before, Andrew, but the reason that some people might have been surprised that Meredith was on last week is because isn't she a competitor? Like, yeah, she has an agency that does pretty much all the same stuff you do. Why in the world would you have her on? So hopefully that just helped everyone understand. Um, so yeah, put put anyone's name down there, regardless of who they are or where they anybody where they work. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I had an interesting question come up, which was, "Hey, um, the the Market Proof Marketing Facebook group is private, and so can anyone join? What's the deal with that?" The, the reason it is private is for really one purpose and one purpose only to protect the privacy of the people who are in the group from other people in their own company or organization. Not that you're a member of the group because that's going to be public, but simply, you know, if you ask a question or share a comment, we want to have some level of privacy and, you know, freedom to speak freely, so to speak. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And that's, that is really the only reason that it is private. Uh, is to to give some protection from people who want to be able to share openly struggles and, and insights that they have without having to worry about that. Um, so we do approve uh, requests to join simply to make sure that you are somehow related to the industry or are an actual listener. Uh, we don't mm -hmm. want bots or crazies yeah. um, getting in. But no, other than that. And we, and we do it quick, quickly too. Yeah. Both of us get notification on the phone, boom, boom, boom. Like it's yeah, 
but it's very quick. Other than that, anyone is welcome to join. It's not a, it's not an exclusive club. It's not a, any, any of that. It's just, it's just to give that privacy. So for published articles, blog posts, videos, and more check out doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on all of the social platforms, uh, read a little bit more about our bios watch videos. We'll see many of you next week in Dallas at the summit. For everyone else, we'll be back with a new episode live from the summit next week.